Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. Hi, Brian. Are you ready to begin today? Sure. Okay. So this podcast today is a little bit different. We're not driving in the car as we usually do. We are sitting at home, and the reason for that is I've decided to read um, selected poems from two of my books, As Winter Fades, and the other one is Meditations on Madness. They're both small collections of poetry that I've written over the past several years. Actually, some as recently as last year, and some as long ago as probably 10th grade. So, um, doing this at home, and because driving around, it's usually a little dark and I want to be able to read and I'm comfortable I'm sitting here in my peace frogs pajamas because who doesn't love peace frogs that just made my wife smile for those of you who can't see um and I'm going to embarrass Jen today to a little bit because a couple of the poems are ones that I wrote for her we're not going to start with those we're going to start with um imperfect reflections which is the last poem from Meditations on Madness. And I wrote this one sort of as a disclaimer for everything I wrote before it, even though it's the last one. And um, after I read each of these, Jen can give an opinion or um, an observation so she can be a part of this conversation. (laughs) Um, So I'll start with Imperfect Reflections from Meditations on Madness. Imperfect Reflections. My poetry is merely commentary, a reflection of my thoughts, imperfectly formed. The words are simple projections of ideas and beliefs that I may or may not believe myself. I am just attempting to paint pretty word pictures on paper for you to enjoy, for you to contemplate, perhaps giving you a reason to investigate, to look at your own life or your own government from a new perspective. It's nothing earth-shattering. It's all just reflective. Any thoughts on that one, Jane? My first thought is I really wish I had gone with you back in college to all those poetry readings that you went to at Borders and Louie's and all the places around Baltimore that did them because I really, like, I've completely forgotten how much I love to hear you read. Um... As far as the poem itself, I mean, it's, there's, and see, let me preface before I comment on the poem itself. You love to write metaphors. I do. But that was not a poem that was written in metaphors. That was pretty open, straight, straight up, no, no hidden anything. No. Which is not like you, but it was, it was good. That Yes, that was my disclaimer for all the metaphorical things I speak, which will be very controversial, which I'm going to sort of avoid the controversial poems. And if you want to know the controversial poems, uh, poems buy the book. Okay. Available on Amazon.com. Wow. Sh- shameless plug. Yeah. All right. Real shameless there. Um, As Winter Fades, which you, which you helped me put together. Which we published in what was the copyright date on this? Uh, one? That would probably be twenty eighteen. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, I just read the last poem in my latest book. Now I'm going to read the first poem from the earlier one, um, which is the poem and the poet. Probably one of my earliest poems. Um, the poem is just words mashed together on an old napkin no one wants to use, put there by a fool and his thoughts. 
of being trapped in a box six feet under. To the poet, the coffin is his thoughts, and the napkin is his escape. His poetry is his immortality. His words will never die. I've always liked that one. Why? It's kind of morbid, but not, like, it's not gruesome. I just, I don't know, I've always liked that. Because it's true. Like, I can completely picture you sitting in one of these little cafes, you know, with napkins, you know, drinking something, not coffee per se, but, you know, something, and scribbling down your thoughts and then, you know, getting upset and crumpling up the napkin and getting another napkin and, and doing the same thing over. I, I can totally picture you doing that um, as the poet. I think I have done that. Uh, you probably have. Napkins are very hard to write on, though, just so you know. They have a tendency to tear. Yeah. But, but if I, nothing else is around, write on whatever. That's right, and that's why you usually carry paper with you now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah th- that poem is sort of... I never thought about this until just now when I read it. When I was younger, I had this sort of um, romantic... Although not really romantic, but romanticized idea of I won't ever be famous alive, you know. I'll I'll become famous after I die a drunkard on the street like Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I've gotten over that. I'm hoping to... Um, you know, people recognize some of my poetry today. Um, the next one... Invisible Principle from Meditations, which is on pages three and four. And um, this one, we're, now we're going back to Meditations again. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to share something after the poem, because if I share it before the poem, it'll ruin it for everybody listening. So, okay. The title is Invisible Principle. And this one's sort of based on my obsession with sci-fi last year as well as all the politics going on but this one I don't think is too controversial so I'll read it um invisible principle and then in parentheses a message from the word weaver because poetries are weavers of words and I forget where I heard that expression but um that's the title I weave words together forming pretty sentences opening my mind to alien frequencies seeing the world no one else sees, and commenting on the invisible principle. No one sees what is right in front of them. Conspiracy theories are just a distraction from the cold concrete reality that none of this matters, and no one knows what they are doing. Those in power are just big bullying kids with bigger toys, making so much useless noise, while the rest of us just want to play in the giant sandbox we call Earth. Mm. Okay, I see a smile. What are your thoughts? No, that's good. I I love your poems. You're so good at poetry. You know, and it's really a shame that there isn't more of a market for it because, you know, I... People read fiction novels and, you know, with the prose, they can escape to whatever world is in their fiction novel. And, of course, if they prefer to stay in reality, then they'll read, like, a a nonfiction book. But poetry is, like, it takes... It takes that to just the next level. It's it's that blending of the two, I think. Poetry is more like a painting. And maybe that's why I use the phrase 
painting pretty pictures because I think of poetry more it's more like a painting you can't have a fictitious painting I mean you could get into surrealism and and all these different types but you can't lie in a painting I suppose and you can lie to some degree with poetry but you can't but you also can't it's it's truth even if it's a lie it's it's fiction is an escape journalism real objective journalism is the truth poetry is kind of a blending of the two it's kind of like here this is what it is I mean that's just my opinion that's how I write anyway and there's poetry even in non-fiction especially you know if you're reading a descriptive passage about a setting or a person's um you know makeup or whatever and there's a certain amount of poetry in that but when you're purposely writing poetry like in the meter that it's supposed to be read in or you know you're using like uh, the sonnet format that Shakespeare uses there's it, just something more surreal about it but it mm. just I don't know like the one you just read it's yeah. just and, and I think you could see the sci-fi you could see both the sci-fi influence and the fact that we were going through a lot of you know, the whole pandemic thing. I don't touch on it directly, but it's like, let me write what I'm feeling right now. Well, that's kind of like a sci-fi right there. Just the fact that, you know, in our lifetime, we've experienced and continue to experience a pandemic where our whole world's been turned upside down. Normal. There, There is a new normal. And I'm not going to harp on the whole pandemic thing, but yeah, it pandemics... That kind of thing is something you, you you see in a sci-fi movie or read in a Stephen King novel. I'm, I wrote about this in, in, a, in my blog uh, last year. It was the only blog I wrote where I wrote directly about this. But when I go, when we, and I told you this, when we go into a Wawa Royal Farm and I hear the overhead, I don't think I hear it anymore, saying, please, you know, be sure to wear your mask, wash your hands, and, and you hear that on the overhead... The female voice, the way it's... I swear, every time I hear that, I feel like I'm in a bad futuristic sci-fi movie. Yeah, I get that it, now. It's you under, It's like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in a movie. This can't be real. But anyway, the other thing I wanted to say about the poem before we move on to the next one, and I waited to make this the very last comment, um, when I read the words, again, sci-fi influence, but then the, the subtitle, Message from the Word Weaver, if you change the word word to dream, that song always gets stuck in my head when I look at oh, it. Oh, Gary Wright, yeah. I, so, I just, I, it's, that's just a little side note I wanted to share. Um, med- the next one is also, next several from Meditations. Okay, and the next couple were going to embarrass my wife because oh, they're ones I wrote for you. Oh, they're both in Meditations, my most recent one, so even going... That is on page 31. Do I... Have I read these before? You helped me publish that. No, wait. I did this book myself, so maybe you didn't. You did that one entirely yourself. But I think you have read both of these, because I I usually read my poems to you after I write them. Sometimes I'm writing them in my phone, and I'll read them to you in the car. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about the background of what inspired this poem. Just right from the title, you know what inspired this poem. Well, read it it first, and then we'll talk. talk Remembering... Eternity. Inviting scents linger in the air, only for you to get lost in confusion, vacating the room out of fear, 
even as a part of you wants to stay. Journey plays on the car radio. Every day I want to hold your hand. Never will I leave you. Never will I stop loving you. Imagine growing old to old together, forever li- living, forever in each other's arms, enchanted by the possibilities, remembering our life together. Oh my God. We, we don't want, if you don't want to tell that whole story. No, it's fine, to. it's fine. Um, so I had to be jogged to remember this, but yeah. I do remember it. From college, this is like ninety three. This was yeah, because when you have when you have kids, you lose a lot of your memories because you develop what's called baby brain, and it's like everything revolves around your kids, and then you forget everything you ever went through before you had kids. So that's why Brian had helped me kind of remember this, but you know, it 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 did come flooding back, and uh, so but basically what happened was. We were at school, at at college, and um, was I talking to someone? I and you walked in I, or something. Yeah, you were at. The, we were. I remember it was in the doorway. I believe. Yeah, it was and, definitely and the doorway. And it was the doorway for like student government. We were in that building. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So you may have been talking to your. I was talking to somebody. I remember, and he walked in, and he stood. Like, we weren't a couple or anything. We were just friends. But he just smelled so good. And it had stirred. Let's just put it this way, as subtly as I can without being TMI. Um, He stirred this feeling inside of me that I'd never felt before. And I didn't know what it was or, you know, how to deal with it. And... I just was like, I gotta go. Yeah. And I, I thought you didn't like me. I rushed out of the room. He, of course, took it as, you know, that I didn't like him. Of course, that wasn't true, but I didn't know, like, because my parents never talked to me about stuff like that. And I never knew what it, what it meant until later on. But, okay. yeah, so, so. And, and the whole eternity thing, that's a... That's a nod to Calvin Klein's Eternity, because I believe that's the cologne he was wearing that made me, you know, go. Okay. And there's, just real quick, though, you can put cologne on anybody, mm-hmm. okay, but they're not always going to smell good, because the cologne mixes with the pheromones that naturally come from your body, and you're either going to smell really enticing or really awful. And in this case, you know, Brian smelled like, you know, really amazing. And thank you. Uh, I didn't know how to process that. So anyway, there you go. Okay. And the next poem is also for Jennifer, which was written. Um, <laughs> I I could tell. Well, the title is for my lighthouse, and I'll explain the title okay. now. There's there's um, Jen is very into the sea and the ocean, as am I. And, you know, one day we hope to move to the beach when we're rich and famous. Buy my books. No, just kidding. Um, But, so it's for my lighthouse. Because Jen is my lighthouse. And I I hope I don't ruin this for the readers or for Jen. But you're my lighthouse in the way that... um, I'm trying to remember the woman's name. Barry Allen's wife. You're my my lighthouse in the way that Iris is Barry Allen's lightning rod. Okay? 
that 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 metaphor oh, just very comes. Very interesting analogy. <laughs> that that just came came to mind, so I wanted to put that out there for. Um, the, the I'm two, not going to explain the the, the, the flash. flash fans that might be listening. Yeah, the one or two flash fans that might be listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, for my lighthouse, despite our many disagreements, you are not an awful wife. I, however, am a horrible husband, who will try to be a better, more honorable husband tried and true, devoted only to you, because you are not a shrew who is always telling me what to do. You are a beacon of light, guiding me through the night. So I hate when we fight. But that's just what couples do. Neither one of us is despicable, deplorable, or even disposable. There is no one that could replace you in my heart. I've known that from the start. You are my lighthouse. I rely on as I traverse these bumpy, clumsy waves. And that I, and that is how it will be forever and a day, or at the very last day, until we're laying next to each other in our graves. It ended kind of morbid, but... um. No, that was very sweet. Yeah. And and as you can see, we our lives are not perfect. We We do fight. We have our disagreements, and most of them, I think, are... Miscommunications. Miscommunications, more from things not said than things said. And we, we just, we can be a little more clear with each other. Well, we could also practice more active listening because I know a lot of times when we do talk to each other, the other one has other things on their mind, whether it's me or him. And, you know, sometimes it can cause a problem because yeah. we're not completely listening you know, we, Brian and I lately, we're just, we've been so overwhelmed with a lot of things going on and with both of our jobs and, uh, you know, just life in general, trying to find a home and, and, you know, trying to be in a safer place. And that has kind of consumed us. Mm-hmm. And I know we've had a lot of fights lately and it's usually because one person's in one space, the other person's in another space. And the one person who doesn't realize that the other person's in another space will say something and then the other person either just completely disregards it or completely misinterprets it or just, you know, is frustrated and doesn't want to talk at all. And, you know, that creates some hurt feelings and, you know, confusion and all. And it's just, you know, we don't ever seem... Well, before October 1st, we didn't seem to be able to figure any of this out but since we started driving to delaware three days a week to train so, hey, that's our time yeah so um that's our time to talk right and we're also looking for houses so anyway yeah, we're being very vulnerable right now yeah let's move on nothing wrong with that yeah nothing the it, next it, one it shows it, it just shows our listeners that we are human like mm-hmm. them all right, the next one is Alone. Another vulnerable poem, but when I wrote, this one was back from high school. This one's from Winter Fades on page 26. Um, this is about me, even though it's it's written from the perspective of a little girl. But um, sometimes we could be more honest when we're lying and making it a bit fictitious. This one's called Alone. A little girl sits on a park bench, wondering where her daddy went. And if he even remembers her, she watches the children playing, 
trying to forget that she doesn't play anymore. She watches the buses go by, wondering what it would be like to get on one and never come back the way her daddy did. So, any reactions to that one? That was that one's a little different from the ones I've been reading. An all too common sight around here. Yeah, and and that was that was about me. I I I saw my dad twice a year, so he never really just went away. But I didn't see him that often, so I still had that that sort of feeling of abandonment, I guess. Um, not going to get much more into that right now. Um. There's another. See which one I want to read next. I made. Uh, this one's I wrote for a friend who. This one's just some, one that's different. I wrote it for someone else. Um, back in, maybe early college or just after high school, a friend of mine had a child and. The child didn't survive past the first week, and and that really touched me. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to go through something like that, and I wrote this. It's called A Mother's Loss. Her father finally bought a tombstone, though she's never had any trouble finding her son's grave. It's marked with her heart. Her son was born five years ago and died that same week, leaving behind a loss that will always be felt. Her heart will always be beat a little faster whenever she thinks of him or pulls out his memory book filled with pictures from the hospital and the funeral, along with the few tiny clothes she never had the chance to wear. Though the time for mourning is through, a part of her will forever live in the shadows of a past that never was. So that's one that's different because I wrote that for it had nothing to do with me at all. It was just something that I was looking at through a lens and trying to imagine what this other person is going through. Something I should probably do more often in just in life. Um, what are your thoughts? I think you're a good photographer. Thank you. And, and I'll, not, I, not like the kind you take with a camera and film, but like, you know, you can see through the, the author's lens you can see the world mm-hmm. and be able to put it on paper. Yeah. And it would turn up you like the way that you read that it it's like you your your poetry is so it's so easy to be transported into what you're reading. Wow, thank you. It just like you don't have to sit there and be like, What the hell is he talking about? I can't figure this out. And even with all your metaphors and, and your alliteration and stuff, you it's still <clears throat> excuse me. I just I just love reading your poetry. You're I, so good at it. I should speak in poetry because when I speak straight to you, like I when we have conversations you have no idea what I'm saying, but when I speak in, in poetry, it's like, yeah, I get that. I'm being a bit facetious when I say that, but uh, uh, my poetry far. probably is my strong suit more so than journalism or fiction. Yes. Um, the next one is also from Winter Fades. Um, and you've told me to a page 11. 
And you've told me recently, because we both know I have big dreams and some things can come to fruition sooner than later and some things won't. And there, there's something you keep saying to me and it's like, I'm just going to read the poem to you and then we can have a deep conversation publicly if you want to be vulnerable, if you'd like. Oh my. The title is Head in the Clouds. Oh. I'm going to put my glasses on for this one in print's a little small on this page. Clouds clutter as the rain pours down upon my dreams. I struggle not to let you hear the thoughts echoing inside my head. They are full of fear and dread. Can you hear the mute man shouting? My pen pounds upon the paper in an attempt to cleanse my soul. Has this modern world taken its toll? Help me see clearly our future as it should be, not living in poverty, lost among all the wasted potential, plaguing the poor people of our society. I find myself waiting for some mystical calling, but am I just stalling, sometimes afraid to reach for the stars and stand tall? Because if I fail, it will be a long way to fall. And that just kind of reminds me of a lot of what you and I were discussing yesterday. So, just a brief we don't background. Have... That's fine. Okay. Just a brief background without getting into too much detail. Um, Brian and I are trying to move, and we're trying to go to Delaware to, for, you know. Find a safer place for our children. Yeah. Better that's schools. That's exactly, yeah. I'm, we're trying to, trying to get out of. Essex is for it's for the kids really, you know it's it's for them to be in a place where they can actually walk out of their neighborhood and not be threatened by somebody trying to shoot them or hit them or steal from them and uh, you know the behavior has it's become very uh, clear especially in the middle school lately about the attitudes and the behaviors of our community mm-hmm. and it, I don't want my kids around it right. so we were having a discussion about jobs and you know while we're looking at homes and trying to figure out financing and such um, we're just trying to figure out like, what kind of jobs do we want to have? What are we good at? It, it's just, it was just a really big mm-hmm. conversation. It didn't go very well. No, and I f- felt like that's because I can be too sensitive. And I felt as if I was being attacked. And I know you weren't. I'm aware of that. But sometimes, like, when we first got together... You were like my biggest fan and like, oh, you're amazing. And I know you still are. But you also have this way of grounding me when I'm not ready to be grounded in reality. It's like, let me fantasize. Let me stay up in the clouds for a bit. Then I'll come back down and figure out this is what I have to do. I'm I'm always worried though that you're not going to come back down. I, I do. I do. It's just... It's, um, I, I, trust me, I do. 
it's I have to be ready because if I come down too soon from my planning, fantasizing, like making my plans and then when I come down, if I come down too soon, I just I crash. I'm like, how am I going to do all this? Then I just have to focus on, you know, I go to two extremes. I focus on where I want to be in, you know, a few years from now and then I'll focus on what I have to do tomorrow. You don't want to be Icarus. No, I don't want to be Icarus. And a lot of time that's what happens. It's like you're you know, you 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 think about these these goals and lofty dreams that aren't well for me practical or realistic. Right. You know, cuz they're just not for the moment and then you do end up getting your wings burned and you do crash. Okay. And it it hurts. I know. So, but like a phoenix I'll rise again. See? Yeah. See? I love you. Oh, I love you too. I do love you. Um, wow, we're being mushy today. So, oh, we're going to... this isn't mush. Oh, no, the next one is. Uh, this one, I'll admit, is one of my favorite poems in the book. This one's back to... We're back to winter... We're in winter fade still. Um, and this one is called... Join My Consciousness. So I'm going to read this now. This one's another one for Jennifer. And then we're going to um, talk about this one. And this may be the last one I read unless Jen has any other ones she wants me to read today. Join my consciousness. My mind. It drifts into the star-filled night above the ocean waters as the moonlight dances on waves. The air is cool, calm, and peaceful. It whispers your name. Join my consciousness, become the waves, wander with me in the mysterious journey, in my mysterious journey. My life is beautiful, but somewhat empty when you're not with me, in my cosmic mind. Two spirits dancing around the fire, fueled by confusion. What happens to the psychic connection when we begin to drift on the rocky water and into the sun? Tomorrow it may rain. So do you want to I t- like your little nod to the Beatles at the end, which yeah. I which didn't, you didn't know about when I first read that poem because and I've I've read this poem back in nineteen ninety three when Brian wrote it. So this poem's twenty eight years old. And I couldn't figure it out. And this is where Brian really excels at metaphors because he wrote this poem for me, and the the first letter of each word in the phrase, join my consciousness, those are my initials. With your maiden name. With my maiden name. So, and further on in the poem, where he starts with the phrase, was it, be the waves? Jennifer Michelle Cole, for those who don't know. Oh, gosh. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Pick that up and, and read the, the, the be... Oh, and so join my consciousness was on one line, then underneath become the waves wandering with me in my, my in my mysterious journey. Um, so B W J are my initials. Which so I he, put our initials which together. Which he completely forgot about until I was editing this book and I was typing it up and you know and everything and and doing the the way he had it written. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, just, just, 
Does he know that he had his initials in there too? And he forgot that he had he had done it that way. And it was just like I knew that poem was I, I didn't know at first that that poem was about me, but after he told me what the initials meant and I reread it again, I thought, man, I'm so stupid. You know, because I, I should have picked up on it and I should have figured out years ago that he liked me. And I just didn't, I guess, because I was just so wrapped up in whatever I was going through trying to get a music degree, which I, I don't know, never really wanted, but... You know, that's kind of the path my family wanted me to take, but whatever. Um, you know, I just, I didn't see it was right in front of me. And things could have been so different for the last, you know, 30 years. Yeah. 28 years. Yeah, I was too shy. You were very shy. I've gotten over that a bit. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I remember, so over the years, you know, we would still stay in touch and talk on the phone once in a while. And... Uh, once we started having kids separately, separately, what's, you know, we, we lost touch, but I remember talking to him one time I was living in Felton and I was talking to you on the phone and I just remember thinking about how cocky you were. Like you really <laughs> changed. I mean, it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh my God, what an asshole. I don't want to talk to him anymore. Cause he sounds so arrogant, but I was I had a different mindset of, wow, he's really gained some confidence. Mm -hmm. Like, really gained confidence. And and I attribute that to the martial arts. Because mm -hmm. it not only changed his body, it changed his mindset. And it changed his attitude. And now, you know, it's like he's he's on the path to trying to become more bold and more assertive and I'm on the path to try and tone all that down and just kind of hide away but you've really come out of your shell since I first met you thank you you've changed and, so and much. you're still an inspiration oh 20 years later you're still an please. inspiration um so I think that's it for today with my um with our extreme vulnerability with each other and also with my shameless plugs for my poetry books. Oh my gosh, you don't know the half of it. That was barely scratching the surface. Oh yeah. The f and I, I did avoid reading the overtly political ones in Meditations of Madness because I don't want this to be a political podcast. Mm -mm. They're good though. And they're poignant and they're certainly relatable to the events of, of the, today. Um, the... There's no photos in the Meditations on Madness, yes. but the the as winter fades, mm -hmm. there are photos all throughout that um, I took, mm -hmm. except for one, the one with the pine tree and the sky. That was um, Evan, our son, took that photo. Um, but every other photo in there I took. And um, it was fun putting that book together because I have all my photos saved on an external hard drive. Um, from the birth of digital cameras and I like taking nature scenes and I like taking pictures of buildings more than I like pe taking pictures of people I'm not very good at taking pictures of people but I have a lot of photos in there of places that we've both been places that he's never been to and just I was trying to find read through all the poems and then in my mind, 
I remember a photograph that I had taken that I thought, oh, this would go perfectly with this photo or this, this, uh, this poem. So I would, I've added a lot of photo photography in there that I thought was good with the, with the poems that were there. However, I, I didn't have a very good computer to work with at the time. And, um, the, the formatting's a little off and the print some, in some places are too small, which I, what I'd really like to do is, um, redo it and re-release it. The cover's great, but the rest of it, it, the, I think the f photography is a little too bold, but it's still very beautiful. Book. I I think the photography, in my opinion, is awesome. I think where we could have improved maybe a bit is in the um, size of the book because mm -hmm. we should have the font on some pages. I'll admit is a bit small for me, and then putting the words on top of some of the pictures made it a little hard to read. But you can still read it, so I would still go ahead and buy the book. Make the, a great Christmas present. Yeah, I should stop that. The poetry is beautiful. All of Brian's poetry is beautiful. Um, but that first book, the As Winter Fades, that was a labor of love. That I took. He had um, self-published three poetry books um, in the late nineties mm -hmm. and early two thousands. And when she says self-published, she really means self-published. Oh yeah. Stock like cardboard cover. Card stock. Staple. Yeah, it was so. it was what they call vanity publishing, right? I don't know if you'd call it publisher? it was purely self-publishing. Okay. It was going to the printer on the corner where we used to work in Towson. Okay. There was a print shop. I would go to that print shop. Oh yeah. And and just that. have them printed up. Yeah. And then I would just staple them all together. So yes. it was literally that like was just, I put it together. But what I did was I read through every poem that was in those books and I had to pick what I felt was the best of them. Yes. And not too many from the red book, mostly from the, the light blue one mm. and the, um, the other color. Well, the red, the red book was the book where I, and some of the, those poems are in here and I did not read those today. Um, some of those poems, if you put that collection together, I gave them to some people and um, they no longer speak to me because they're frightened of me. I, I was going through a very dark phase. That was a very dark time in your life. I, w I wouldn't have necessarily yeah. been frightened of you, but well, I would have I felt bad for you because it, of what you were going through. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like with art, it's like if you don't know the person, I mean... You know, some of the nicest people in the world are like Stephen King. But if you only know Stephen King from what you read, you'd probably be like, oh, my God, no, I don't I don't want to be near it. But, you know, Stephen King's a great guy. Same with, I think, Clive Barker and a lot of people who write in sort of a, a darker sort of genre. Yeah. You know, even when he was alive, I, I saw some interviews. I think um, Wes Craven was also a really nice person. But, um. You know, but when you just look at their art, it's like a little off-putting if you're not really into that sort of thing. So, and I don't—they're just so imaginative and so brilliant, and it's not necessarily. And stop me if you've heard this before, but it's not necessarily a representation of what they've been personally going through. Right. They're just really good at writing mm -hmm. horror. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen King was a teacher. Yes. before he became an author and 
he didn't have enough confidence in his books that he threw the first one out and his wife retrieved it from the trash. And that was and Carrie. Sent it to, yep, that was Carrie and sent it to the publisher. And, you know, Star was born, as they say. But, um, you know, I don't think he had a terribly traumatic childhood or no. anything that bad happened to him or anything that no, would... Not his childhood. There, there was that point in his life when he got ran over by the car, but he'd already that been famous. That was much later But he'd already been life. famous he for a long time famous. by then. Yeah. I remember when that happened, and I had... That was after he wrote um, Different Seasons. Yeah, that was just before he wrote my, one of my favorite books, On Writing, by Stephen King. Yeah. One of his possibly only book on writing. Um, and if that's the worst thing that's ever happened to him, it's like you, you, you would think that this this author had been through like the the most abusive worst situations in his entire life mm-hmm. and that he's just clever that way so is Wes Craven mm-hmm. Clive Barker too they're all pretty cool but yeah these books are definitely worth getting uh for the poet in your life if you know someone who loves poetry even if you know people who are a little skeptical about poetry and aren't readers of poetry frequently this these books are brian you're just an amazing author and i love your poems and even if you think oh i hate poetry poetry's for sissies this is not for sissies this is real life and beautiful and that is high praise even though she's my wife that is high praise because she does not lie to me about stuff like that Mm -hmm. if she does not like something i write she will tell me and she will tell me why and yeah, then I, I will cry or no, will argue. You won't cry. No, I'll be like, why can't you see what I'm trying to say? But as far as as far as your writing style, and you've attempted a lot of different writing styles, this is by far your strongest because it flows out of you like water. I want to give if there's any writers listening, I want to give them an advice. This is what you would say to me. I'll write something down. What are you trying to say? I'll say what I'm trying to say. Write that down, what you just said. If no one's ever heard that advice before, that's good advice. Except if you're writing poetry because you want to be, you know, you want to be obscure and you want to be alliterative and use... But yeah, if if you're writing fiction or nonfiction and... Well, not even fiction, but if you're writing nonfiction, do what I just do said. exactly what he just said because there is nothing worse than reading through a report where it's just a ninety nine pages of flowy language, and the point of the entire report is like it, it, at the very end. Nobody likes to do that. Nobody has time for that. Okay. All right. I think speaking of time, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah, because I have to log we, in and go back to work. After yes, a week we of both being off. unfortunately do have real jobs still. Um, that'll change one day. I believe it. Boy, I hope so. Anyway. Have a great day. Have a great holidays. We may have another podcast before the holidays, or we may just come back in January. We will discuss that shortly. You mean the Christmas and you know Christmas and New Year's, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of them. Yeah. Oh, but Happy Thanksgiving, which is in three days. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. See everybody soon. Bye. Bye.